Fundraising everywhere. 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 Welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast, where we give you a glimpse into one of our amazing webinars or conferences. You can check out one of our full sessions and get a 50% discount by using the code FEPODCAST at fundraisingeverywhere.com. Yep, just head to the Fundraising Everywhere website and use the code FEPODCAST at the checkout to get 50% off any of our sessions. Hello there, welcome to the Fundraising Everywhere podcast again. This is Simon Scriver, one of the co-founders of Fundraising Everywhere. And on today's podcast, you just have me. Um, but a very special podcast. I wanted to read a segment from a new fundraising book, or newish fundraising book, uh, but from one of my favorite people, Stephen Shattuck. And Stephen Shattuck has given me permission to read from his book, Robots Make Bad Fundraisers. Uh, in his book, he says, we'll explore ways to apply time-tested principles of philanthropy to the modern technology available to fundraisers, with the goal of keeping the donors we already have, inspiring new donors to give, and maintaining the sanity of our team members. So in today's episode, I just want to read a little bit from Chapter 8, The Dangers of Too Much Automation in Fundraising. So ladies and gentlemen, please sit back as we listen to this. Think of this as an audiobook for fundraising nerds. Um, so here we go, Chapter 8 from Stephen Shattuck. We may yet reach a point when our donor management software can automate every single menial task that currently bogs down fundraisers. Someday our software will be able to take a donation, segment the constituent, and send a thank you letter in the email. Even now, technology exists that suggests which donor is ready for an upgrade ask, or which donor might lapse in the next 90 days. However, until the point when artificial intelligence can totally mimic humans, donor management software will not fully take the place of a fundraiser. And by the time robots finally take over completely, we will all probably perish. Of course, just like segmentation, bad automation is worse than no automation. So don't look to your software to totally replace you just yet. Let me tell you a little story that might have you thinking twice about setting up too many automated processes, especially given the personal nature of philanthropy. As a millennial employed by a tech company, I was required by law to purchase and use a standing desk. What? Oh, this is a footnote from Simon. Is that true? Oh, wait, no, he's joking. Okay, sorry. A few other Bloomerang employees purchased specific adjustable desks that allowed them to sit or stand. Seeing for myself how satisfied my coworkers were, I ordered the same kind of adjustable desk on the first day of September. What happened between then and Halloween should be a cautionary tale for anyone interested in totally automating their customer or donor communications process. After making the purchase, I received an automatic email receipt that was rather perfunctory and bland, a topic we'll cover later in the book. Knowing that the adjustable desk would not arrive for a few weeks due to its high demand, I more or less forgot about the order. That is, until I received an email appeal from Autonomous around the end of September, promoting their office chair. Keep in mind that I had bought a standing desk, albeit an adjustable one. 
You could argue that the timing of this email appeal was a little odd, especially since I was already a customer and I had not yet received my desk. What made them then think that I had the confidence to invest in a second chair? What made them think that I had personally used one of their products? Those questions aside, it was the next email received on the same day as the chair appeal that made the situation truly interesting. Hello, Stephen. We want to thank you for your order. Unfortunately, there was a delay in production with the manufacturing of our desk that affects your estimated shipping time. The new shipping time frame for your order is October 20th to October 27th. We are working hard to get your order fulfilled and on its way to you so that you can begin working smarter. We apologize for the wait and appreciate your patience. Just hours after sending me appeal, they let me know that the shipping on my desk had been delayed a few more weeks. The shipping delay by itself probably wouldn't have annoyed me at all, but the fact that I had just received an appeal from them got me curious about how they decide who and when to send promotional emails to. I was also struck by the desk company's sending email address, human at company.com. We'll talk more about these kind of email addresses later in the book. I decided to have a little fun with the desk company by replying. Can you guess what kind of reply I received? Do you think the following response came from a human? Please type your reply above this line. We're working on your request 35076. We will be in touch soon. To add additional comments, reply to this email. That struck me as pretty robotic and not at all human. Luckily, later that day, a real person did eventually respond. Hello, I'm very sorry about the delay in your order. Let me know if you have any questions and I'm more than happy to help you in any way I can. Thank you. Caitlin H, Customer Experience Rep. After a slight stumble, the desk company did eventually come through with some pretty good customer service. I wasn't really mad to begin with, and I definitely felt better after getting the personal response. They even asked me to rate the support I had received. But the story isn't over, dear friends. Remember, it was a full month before I received the desk. Within this time span, I received more emails, seven emails to be exact, six of which were appeals for that same chair. That's six appeals to a potentially dis still disgruntled first-time buyer who had not yet received their order. Six appeals for a product that is somewhat useless without said order. Ironically, the appeals slowed down significantly after I received the desk, arguably the best time to start appealing to me. Just one email, an appeal, arrived in the subsequent 30 days. So what's the point of this standing desk rant? The desk company likely fell into a trap that many organizations do when it comes to technology. They got sold on a system that promised improved processes and lower cost thanks to automation. I got subscribed the moment I became a customer to an already planned or in-progress mass email campaign, regardless of my customer type or demographic. Most importantly, I was kept on that email marketing cadence regardless of the fact that my customer type changed, i.e. my order had been delayed, I had expressed negative feedback, etc. An automated system requires complicated sets of rules and exceptions that can move constituents to different segments and cadences. Robust systems like Marketo and HubSpot require hours of training to keep users out of trouble. In addition, automation cannot quite account for donor motivations. This is why things like an automated welcome series for new donors should be approached with extreme caution. Unless all of your donors have the exact same motivation for giving, or you collect diverse sets of information when a gift is made, and your automation can segment accordingly, it's likely that you will be shooting blind with the context you send next. In other words, how can you know that your automated one-size-fits-all communications will hit the mark if you haven't yet gotten to know new donors? If you get stars in your eyes over the promises of a fully automated system, understand no robot is going to do all of the work for you. 
at some level, your involvement will always be required. That, my friends, Stephen Shattuck's book, Robots Make Bad Fundraisers. Uh, you can buy Robots Make Bad Fundraisers now. The link is in the description of this episode. Um, but thanks for listening. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs>